Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, Bob. Hello there. How you doing? Um, been better. Oh, I know. We've still got COVID. I mean, yeah, it hasn't. We're not contagious anymore. Apparently, that's the good thing. We've been over ten days. We've been like two weeks now, haven't we? Yeah, but two weeks. Oh two my weeks god! Now. That means the furthest I've been in two weeks is to the corner shop. How depressing is that? Mm, it depends how good a corner shop it is. I mean, it's all right. It's it's pretty well stocked. I got some Cheetos that I was quite happy with and some lettuce. You do like Cheetos? I love a Cheeto. And they have, our corner shop is great because they have like all the international Cheetos. So I don't know if you noticed, I got you some peanut flavoured Cheetos. Some what flavoured? Peanut flavoured. And... Peanut. I understood peanut. I said, oh, is it like wine flavoured Cheetos? No, not quite. Although it wouldn't surprise me if that's the next new limited edition Cheeto flavour. Pinot Grigio Cheetos. I love a Cheeto. It just reminds me of being on holiday. I know they sell them over here, but they're very much an American product. But randomly, they're quite popular in Eastern Europe. I don't know. I just think they're not popular here, but... Is that what it is? I think so. So we've got the peanut flavour, we've got the pizza flavour, and we've got the... Uh, spring onion flavour. Mm. Look forward to tasting them. Well, literally, it was the first time I'd been out of the house in so long. And I got to the shop and I was like, we need some lettuce. And then I just went crazy and bought like crap loads of junk food. And now you have your taste back. I do. I mean, that's one of the good things about the past few days. I'm still really, really, really tired. And we've both got quite a rough cough. So apologies if we kind of blur out in your ear with our cough during well, this. We'll try to edit it out as much as we can, aren't we? Yes. <coughs> <coughs> Do you want me to edit that out? <laughs> Do you want to leave it for dramatic effect? Maybe I'll leave it for dramatic like effect. A well, like a well-placed cough, just when you just said that you had a cough. But um, yeah, I'm really happy that my, my taste back. We got to f- last Friday and I was like, Ben, I just want a juicy burger. And what did we have? A juicy burger. Oh, it was so good. And the fact that I could taste it again, it was amazing. I know, but it, to be honest, as you know, I just haven't been hungry. I know, you literally had your burger in about three sittings. I know, it's just that, I don't know, it gets to a point where I'm absolutely starving, because I probably haven't eaten anything in uh, in the whole day, but then... <coughs> Do you want me to keep that one in as well? No. <laughs> you know I am now. Yeah. And then I eat two bites and I'm full. And I'm, I am I haven't been hungry. You've kind of been forcing me to eat, haven't you? I have, yeah. I'm like a feeder. <laughs> a little bit. But to be fair, one of the neighbours popped by yesterday and they said that you'd lost some weight. Yeah, no, that's probably one of the good things about it. I suppose I could use to lose a, a few kilos. The silver lining of COVID. Oh, yeah. Still, don't. Don't get it. No, no. Honestly, it's absolutely terrible. Well, anyway, I don't want to linger too much on that because we did, we, I think we did COVID uh, a lot last week. But one thing that I do want to go back and talk about, Tina's been on. What has Tina said? Well, <laughs> Tina's been talking about scissors, actually. Okay. She was listening to a podcast while she was working and she's actually sent some really nice pictures of her kitchen drawer. Uh, and there's about three pairs of scissors in there and also her desk which I presume is upstairs. I don't know, or it's obviously in a different room. And her message basically starts, when it comes to scissors, I'm Team Ben Her. Sorry, Ben. So do you want me to do like, and I told you so dance? Or like, and I told you so song? Like, I told you so, told you so. Well, it's one person out of many people who listen to us. <laughs> I mean, all three listeners. I said, yeah, exactly. As far as we're concerned, it's probably like 50% of our audience. <laughs> But she does say that she has a special pair of scissors in a present wrapping box and also really special scissors for fabric and hair. So fabric is something that we don't normally manage fabric, but I can very much understand. So if you really enjoy like 
gift wrapping having special scissors you know those ones then you can just tell that they're sharp enough that you're going to grab the paper and it's just going to slide through the paper that is one of the greatest feelings in life when you're cutting wrapping paper either for christmas or somebody's birthday present and you just glide it through without actually having to cut it's an amazing feeling you need the right pair of scissors to do that well i never managed to do it i always rip it at the end and get really sad so how many scissors at least are we settling these? Well, it sounds like Tina's got about six or seven. Well, but again, that's on top of the minimum quantity of four that you need to have in your house. Well, based on the feedback from last week's episode, you were in the right. And I, as much as it pains me to admit that. And, and as much as I enjoy noticing that fact and letting that fact be known. Well, Tina also says scissors is part of a group of words called plural tantum. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but apparently they only exist in plural form, like trousers, spectacles, or, helpfully, genitals. Oh, well, to be honest, we do have genitals in plural, don't we? But what if, like, you have one of your genitals removed? Is it still genitals? Yeah. I think it's just still genitals. The the thing is, genitals as a word is plural. Then if you get, like, a, a testicle, that can be singular. Okay, I see. I see, but genitals is always plural. But genitals is always plural. More fun facts from Tina. I mean, we're really getting our money's worth with Tina this I mean, week. Thank Tina for filling up all of our space today. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. More from Tina, please. Yeah, exactly. It just means that we don't have to do as much research. <laughs> My favourite group of words are auto-antonyms. They're words that mean one thing and its exact opposite, like to dust, as in cleaning a house or putting sugar on a cake because you dust a cake mm, yeah but doesn't that does that mean like the opposite yeah because if you clean a house you're getting rid of the dust but if you're putting sugar on a cake uh... you're dusting over the cake or to sanction as well oh to sanction yeah like out of punishment yeah mm, okay Oh, but to sanction something is also to approve something as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, like you pass a law, you sanction a law, don't wow. you? Who thought we'd get into uh, intelligent linguistics this week? I know, it kind of sounds like someone speaks English. <laughs> in this case, Tina. Thank you for writing in, Tina, that was, that was great. What else have we been up to this week? Well, the Olympics started. Yes, we... Sort of, to be honest, we taped the ceremony because it was like four and a half hours long it was long wasn't it it's a long one so we said we'll tape it so then we can fast forward through all of the bits that we are not interested in so yeah so we watched the opening ceremony of tokyo is it tokyo 2020 yes it's tokyo 2020 it's just happening in 2021 a bit like the euros because that really confused me i was like why is it euro 2020 it should be euro 2021 but anyway Covid happened. So, why did you start crying when they brought out the Olympic rings? Well, I do love an opening ceremony. That is a fact. And if you remember, during lockdown, uh, when we couldn't go out, I did make us sit through the opening and closing ceremonies of London 2012, just because it's incredible. I mean, it has the Spice Girls, so you'll you'll be obsessed with it. And Emily Sande twice. Emily Sande twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Julian Lloyd Webber, Mr Bean. Mr Bean. The uh, guy who invented the internet. The the guy, Mr Bean was the best one, when he was like, with his finger, like, dang, 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 and then he falls asleep and has that dream. That, That was really funny. Now, obviously, for Tokyo, we all knew that it wasn't going to be the massive spectacle that we come to know and love for an Olympic opening ceremony for obvious reasons. You know, the country is pretty much, is it in a state of emergency still? The mood of the world is not let's shove thousands of people together in a stadium. But I thought what they did was beautiful. It was just like the Japanese people themselves, thoughtful, poignant, caring. So the thing about the rings is that they made the ring out of wood but they made the ring out of wood of trees from uh, tree species from all over the world that athletes planted in Tokyo when the Olympics was last held there in the 60s. Was 1964, six- yeah. So they used the wood from those trees uh, and of course they planted more so they, they didn't really lose the trees in a sustainable way, if you like. Yeah, I think the athletes from this year's Olympics are planting more trees to... Yeah 
to replace what they took for their rings. And they did the rings of wood, which, again, as you say, is very considerate, is very thoughtful, but why did you cry? Why did it evoke that sort of emotion? Well, I just thought it was such a, a beautiful moment, and it was really well thought out, and it was, it was, I don't know, there was a lot of hope in it. You know, there was this message that, you know, all these trees from all over the world had been made to make the rings and what the Olympic rings signify... You know, it was the end of the week. We've had COVID. I'm feeling a bit down and a bit emotional anyway. I just thought it was such a beautiful, poignant moment and something that really brings us all together in these really sort of tough times that we've, you know, that a lot of people have been going through. Okay, so to the person who designed this part of the show, who I'm sure is listening to us, because why wouldn't they? Uh, Congratulations, you did a great job. You really, really touched Ben. Probably not as much as the tap dancing, though. Oh, yeah, the, the guy who was doing the tap dancing just before the rings came out, well, they was kind of like these carpenters who were sort of representing traditional craftsmen from the Edo period in Japan. And then randomly it just kind of switched to this carpenter who became a tap dancer. And I was like, tap dancing is really cool. Okay, say that again. Tap dancing is really cool. I would love to be able to tap dance. Okay, so let's go back to the linguistics part. So what do you call sort of a phrase of a word that is just inaccurate? Fake news. Fake news. Okay, yeah. So that's it. Love, I'm sorry, I love you. But look around you, tap dancing, not cool. Well, I think think if more people did it, but I think that's the difficulty of it. It's just so hard to do. Love, I love you. And I know that you love it. I, you love tap dancing for whatever reason. I don't know why. But the fact that you like it doesn't make it cool. It's like, I don't know. I did that astrophysics course uh, last year, remember? No one likes to show off. But the point is, I loved it. And there's a lot of people who were doing that course. Not cool. Among things that are cool, not cool. Well, maybe one of my missions for this year, or maybe next year, or the year after, will be to make tap dancing cool and back in the mainstream. Oh, can you imagine us, like, dancing? It's, it's sort of like the hippos in Fantasia. <laughs> Do we need to get, like, tutus and as well? We can, like, try and tap dance. How cool would it be, like, going to the bus stop in the morning, and instead of walking there, or jogging, or running, you tap dance to the bus stop? Like, imagine the people who saw you, and the faces that you would brighten up every morning just by tap dancing. Not cool. Your definition of cool is just completely off. It's just not not cool. Well, I tell you what I needed cooling off from, shall we say. Okay. Moving things on. Talking about the parade of the athletes uh, during the Olympics opening ceremony. The guy from Tonga was back. Oh, yeah. I mean, how much oil can you drop on one person? I don't care. I I was just enjoying it. The thing is, I, I think for me, it's like, other, other than the fact that... Well, I think you need to explain it first for people who didn't see the opening ceremony. Well, the thing is, for me, it was relatively new. I, I, I don't normally pay attention to the uh, opening ceremonies of the Olympics other than Argentina coming in, which this time around was a spectacle on its own. But I didn't know that the guy that leads the Tonga delegation comes basically just with barely any clothes. And covered in coconut oil. Yeah, yeah. So it's literally glistening in oil, bare-chested. And of course, it's a very fit guy. Oh, he's like a model. He's working against climate change. He's got some kind of engineering background. I mean, my fanny was fluttering. I'm sorry, but you can't be fighting against climate change with that amount of oil on you. That's just not sustainable. (laughs) I want to know what his name is now. The Tonga guy. Tonga. I'm, I'm googling this. I have no idea who he is. Tonga athlete Peter Taufatofua makes shirtless return to Olympics. So yeah, clearly he's done it again. But yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, just Google it, and you're in for a real treat, whether you're male or female. Yeah, indeed, it's very nice to watch. And again, the, the the thing that captured my eyes more than the fact that he was shirtless. It's the amount of oil. Literally, there Sorry, are can I just, can I just... fryers in the world that are deprived and cannot cook because all of their oil have gone to this guy. Can I just stop you there? Sorry, I was just while I was googling that, I've just gone back onto the what you've searched before, and um, 
Someone's been looking at some houses in Spain, haven't they? <laughs> Say why? Uh, well, I was just looking on Google to find out the name of the shirtless athlete, and then I just closed that down. I was like, oh, I'll close it all down because we're recording. I don't want to be distracted. And um, somebody's been looking at um, a four-bedroomed house in Tarragona. Is mm. there something you want to tell me about? I mean, I found a really nice one. I mean, it's beautiful. Two bathrooms, a terrace. Mm, is that the one that I'm... Garage. I, I don't like the flowers outside. To be though. honest, I, I looked at a few, so... Is this because you've been watching Place in the Sun non-stop since we've had COVID? Yeah. So, you know that every time I watch a Place in the Sun, I kind of get hooked up and I start looking for houses in Spain. Well, I mean, there's some nice ones here. We, we need to have a proper discussion about what you think What you think is cool, because there's some houses here that I'm... Yeah, but I didn't look Ooh, at that all one's of them. nice. Which Ooh, one I'd you? love a kidney-shaped swimming pool. Oh, is that the one in... Uh, the, is the road, like, a tattooese or something like that? I don't know. It's in Tarragona. Mm. It's all Spanish. Quiero presentaros una unifamilia que forma parte de un... Conjunto? What's conjunto? Oh yeah, it's a really nice house. That What's one. conjunto? Like a, it's like an estate, so it's a few houses, but the pool is shared. Ah, uh, de las cinco casas. And that's a little bit further away. I found another one that's the same price, and it's more city centre. So for people who are not from the UK, I, a place in the sun is um is an institutional British television program where basically they fly middle class couples out to popular, mainly European holiday destinations and they show them four or five properties and the idea is that at the end of it they'll put an offer in for one that they like. But they never do. They basically just want a free holiday. Yeah. And the thing is, it's always in the south of France, in Spain, but they're all looking for a place where they have an expat community because they refuse to learn the local language as well. Sometimes they might want to learn how to dance, like, oh, I want yeah. to do flamenco, or I want to learn how to make wine. But yeah, they're always like, they're always like, Where, where's the nearest Greg's? Where yeah. can I buy a sausage roll? I want fish and chips on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something really addictive about these kind of programmes, because you watch it and you're like, I really want to know, are they going to put in an offer or not? You know that they're, they're probably not going to. Uh, although we were talking about earlier when there was that couple who literally saw a house and they were like, I want it now. Oh yeah, and it was like once in a lifetime <laughs> thing. They and they were like, no, 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 think about it, think about it, because they knew that that would be the end of the programme. I think it was, was it like half an hour long or something like that? Yeah. Because they were like, no, 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 look at more houses. And then they went and showed them more houses, even though they bought the other one, because obviously they had to fill up the time. So anyway, yeah, I, I look at houses in, in Spain, in the place where, one of the places that we have been thinking about retiring in. It's easy for us. We speak Spanish. Well, I speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, I, uh, hola. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hola. You learn. You learn. But yeah, back to the Olympics. Uh, that's what we were talking about. I think the the, the only other the observation I had, well, two observations actually from when the uh, other observations from when the athletes came out. Firstly, big fan of Ukraine with the bum bag. Oh, you, the thing is, you weren't a fan of Ukraine. You just love, love a bum bag. Well, Eastern Europeans love a bum bag. And Ukrainians were like, we are going to own the fact that we like a bum bag. And they all had bum bags. In all of that ceremony, that three quarters of you fast forward through it, where was the party? Argentina coming in. And that's true, yeah. Where did you get the party? Argentina coming in. And then Everyone. Ukraine with the bum bags. And yeah, but that was not a party. That was just a fashion moment. It depends what they had in their bum bags. If they had a couple of bottles of Oddy, mm. <laughs> maybe party later. <laughs> but Argentina came in, and before that, everyone had been very solemn, haven't they? Yeah. And then suddenly Argentina comes in, and they all start jumping, and they all start singing and chanting, and the flag isn't just going, the flag is just going side by side. It was quite haphazard. Mm, there wasn't a lot of social distancing, I can tell you that. Yeah, and it was a massive contrast from when Team GB came out a little bit later. First of all, wasn't a massive fan of the Ben Sherman outfits that no. our athletes wore. They kind of looked like, I don't know, there was something quite Elizabethan about their puffy sleeves. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it was just, the thing is, it's fashion moments, there are not a lot of them. 
Neither Argentina nor the UK had like a, a fashion moment. When I, came I out thought to the it. Argentinians looked stunning. I really liked the little suits that they yeah, had. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's just a suit, isn't it? Well, it was better than the bloody puffy Elizabethan arms that we had. Or the or the Italian ones. You have, remember the Italian <laughs> ones? They all looked pregnant. But wasn't it Amparo Armani that designed? I think so. Was it Armani? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, they had, like, the Italian flag, and um, because they wanted to all march Japan, they did it, like, in the circle, like, in Japan, the circle in Japan's flag. But it The was, rising sun. Yeah, but it was in their stomach. So it was kind of like, they all looked pregnant. Mm. It just wasn't a great look. Mm. And I think, was it Serbia? They all looked like they worked for a budget airline. Mm, there was a lot of windbreakers and a lot of... Yeah, there were there were a lot of informal or casual looks, let's say. Yeah, but of course, the Olympics is not famous for being a fashion parade. It's about who brings home the gold. So all I can say is, good luck, Team GB. Good luck, Team Argentina. So, Bab, I have no idea what we're talking about in the main section today. Can you enlighten me and the listeners? Well, I've been thinking about this because, of course, during our first series, we did... Season! I, if I said series, why didn't, do you go and say season? What, what was that voice as well? <laughs> because, Are you, like, from Pinky and the Brain? Because you would love to say season. Well, I think about it, but <laughs> I'm doing... The polite thing, and I'm saying series. Thank you. Okay, during series one, we did an episode about sort of me preparing for the Life in the UK test. So, I did a little bit of research, and it happens that in order to become an Argentinian citizen, you don't have to pass a test. What do you have to do? Just be there for long enough. Okay, so I'll pack my bags now then, and... Yeah, and it's like two and a half years as well. You don't have to spend a oh, long time fine. in Argentina to be able to become a citizen. But how would you feel if I got Argentinian citizenship? Why not? Well, maybe I will. I'll just go and live there for two and a half years and then be like, hola. <laughs> Is that basically what you do? <laughs> and give them a few quids? No, probably pronounce hola like an Argentinian. Okay, how do you pronounce hola like an Argentinian? So you don't pronounce it hola. <laughs> it's not hola. Hola. Yeah, much better. Hola, senor. <laughs> that sounded a little bit creepy. So today, we're going to pretend that there's a test to pass to become an Argentinian citizen. Because, to be honest, I think if you're going to become a citizen of a country, you kind of need to know about the history, the culture, you know, it's part of the identity of a country. So I think you need to know. So what we're going to do today is we're going to do... The Argentina Quiz. Ooh, is this the unofficial Life in Argentina test? This is the unofficial, uh, of course, Life in Argentina test. But what I've done as well is I'm going to test how much have you been paying attention when I talk to you about Argentina in this podcast. So some of the questions you will recognise as having been topics that have come up in conversation before. Okay. I have actually got a book all about the history of Argentina that Um, I bought when we first got together. How much have you read of it? (laughs) Two chapters. Okay. And there's like a hundred (laughs) chapters. So, but to be fair, when we did the Life in the UK test, you pretty much went in blind. You hadn't re-rehearsed for that. You hadn't revised for that. And you got... I think I got... Oh, I can't remember how many I got, but I did not pass. Okay. So how many questions have I got? So you have 20 questions here. Okay. And to pass, I presumably need 80%. 80%. So you'll need 16. Okay. Is that 80% of 20? Uh, yeah. As well, Ben, because our listeners have been very, very kind they will be able to test themselves as well. Because again, there's some questions that they won't have heard in this podcast, but a lot of them, they will. So let's test everyone's memory as well. So that's your preparation for this test. So basically, if you want to boss this test, you're basically (laughs) encouraging people to go back to episode one, series one, and listen all the way through to today. Pretty much. I mean, it's great for our CEO, but um, I don't know if people will have the patience to do that. (laughs) 
What do you mean for RC? Search engine optimization. Oh, I thought you were talking about the chief executive. We don't have a chief executive. Well, if we did, it would probably be with a cat, the way he's looking at us right now. I mean, yeah, that's a hateful look. <laughs> he's like our unofficial producer. When we when we record the podcast, he just like sits there and watches and judges us. It's just a shame he can't like bring us snacks or. Is that what a producer does? I don't know. This is this is us, bad. This yeah. is not like this is about as professional as it gets. I mean, I'm I I don't think I ever knew what a what a producer does. So. Well, I always thought a producer like found the locations, <laughs> but I think that's like a TV producer, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So I, 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 there must be a lot more that a producer does. It's just that we're amateurs. Okay. Okay, Ben. So. Are you ready to begin the Argentina quiz? The quiz that is going to test your knowledge on Argentinian history, geography, culture, pop culture, everything. Bab, I was born ready. Okay, so let's start with question one. Is there a theme tune? Do-do-do, Argentina quiz. (laughs) That is the shittest theme tune ever. Like, even last week when I did my COVID special, at least, and I was ill, like really ill when we recorded that last week, I put in more effort than what you just did for the quiz. I just think that your comment is a little bit xenophobic. Argentina quiz. Okay. Question one. Can you please do that again? <laughs> please do it one more time. <coughs> you give me a coughing fit. Please do it once more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that is, but I'm I'm accepting it and I'm embracing it, and I will make you do that every day now for the rest of our lives together. Okay. So I'm going to read you the question and I'm going to read you the options, and then you're going to tell me which options you think is correct, and we'll mark you. Okay. Okay. So question number one. What was the name of the girl band formed in 2001's TV show Popstars in Argentina? The options are La Banda, Katrina y las Olas, Bandana o Mambrú. Entonces llega la noche. Um, uh, I obviously know the answer to this is Bandana. Mambrú, is that the right word? Mambrú. They were the the male band that was formed from that program as well. The male bo- boy band. The yeah, boy band. but the first time they did it, they did it with, only with girls. Only like the following year or a couple of years later, they did like the male version okay. of pop stars. I want to know who La Banda are and what was the other one? Katrina and the Waves. Katrina y las Olas. Okay, I want to know who these two are. Okay, actually, so La Banda is just Spanish for the band. Like the rubber band. Or or the music band. It's just that it's not a band. Okay. And Katrina y las Olas is Spanish for Katrina and the Waves. Really? Yes! Oh, I am. I'm, I'm basically, I'm on my way to citizenship. Just give me that Argentinian passport now. I mean, at the moment, you're one for one. <laughs> one for one. Okay. Okay. Do-do-do. Argentina quiz. Question two. <laughs> What is the capital of Argentina? Is it La Pampa? Is it Córdoba? Is it Buenos Aires? Or is it La Plata? Well, I know the answer because I've been. Sorry, that sounds really pompous, doesn't it? I know the answer because I've actually been. I know. Have you been there? I have been there. Also, have you been... Um, you know just because you've been there. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know because of any other reason other than the fact that you've literally been there. No, I knew it before I'd been there. So the answer is, uh, and I'm locking this in, final answer, um, it's Buenos Aires, and it means beautiful air. Mm, so you're correct. Now, let's try the pronunciation again. Buenos. Buenos. Aires. Aires. Which means? Beautiful. Mm, no. Good air. Uh, good, good air. Ass. Good air. Good airs. Sorry, plural. Exactly. Well done. Two out of two. Oh, all right. You sound a little bit condescending there. Why? Well, I'm just congratulating you for having two questions correct. Okay. 
Um, what were the the other options? So La Pampa, that's the grassland, isn't it? So La Pampa is a province, oh. but it's also a geographical region. Okay. So there's a lot of things, but I'm not the capital of the country. No. Then Córdoba, which is again a province and a city, is like in the center of the country. Mm-hmm. And then La Plata. La Plata is the capital city of the province of Buenos Aires. Because you have Buenos Aires, the city, but then you have Buenos Aires, the province. And La Plata is the capital of the Buenos Aires province. Why is Buenos Aires not the capital of the province? Good question. That is because Buenos Aires is considered an autonomous city. So technically... Like a robot, I am in charge. I am autonomous. <laughs> I will do what I like. <laughs> it's not an automat. It's, it's autonomous. Okay. So the city of Buenos Aires does not belong to the province of Buenos Aires. Well, I, I suppose that's very similar to York, the city of York and North Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. So the city of York is the capital of North Yorkshire, but it's a separate unitary authority to the county of North Yorkshire. Mm, I suppose. Yeah, if you can see it. So that's the definition of autonomous. It's basically, like a roundabout. It's basically where the country's capital is, but it doesn't belong to a province. Okay. Do-do-do. Argentina quiz. <laughs> Question I, I can't. I can't decide if it's getting a bit annoying now, actually. I know. But it's going to get annoying, and I'm going to make it annoying, so you stop asking for me to come up with jingles. No, but you know what? I think what will happen is it will be, you know, the first guy who went into space, who circumnavigated the Earth. Apparently, there was this, like, ticking sound in the capsule, and he was like, I'm up here for, like, I don't know, two days, or however long he was up there. He was like, literally, this is going to drive me insane. So what he did was he learnt to love the sound and he imagined that it was the most beautiful sound he'd ever heard and because of that he then didn't hear the sound anymore so that's how I'm going to approach your jingle from now on I'm actually going to come to love it you can also like remix it or something like that (laughs) if you feel like it remix okay so question three in which year in Argentina was the first ever animated feature film in the world called the Apostol, not Disney, Argentina, in which year was the first ever animated feature film released? The options are 1928, mm-hmm. 1917, 1921, or 1925. All classic years. Um... I remember us discussing this because I was disappointed that we couldn't find the um, the animated feature film on Netflix. Um, 1921. I'm going to put that on the wrong column. Oh, no. Oh, awkward. It was in 1917. Uh, yes, we... because I remember now when we discussed it, I said we were in the midst of, uh, Europe was in the midst of uh, the First World War. Almost. But don't worry, not all questions are as difficult as that one. Although, if you have heard our own podcast, you probably would know the answer. Okay. Argentina quiz question four. Where was the Argentinian flag created and rose risen, or however you... Hoisted. Hoisted for the first time ever. Was it Buenos Aires? Was it... Rosario, was it Ushuaia, or was it Mendoza? Well, I know this, <laughs> again, because I've been there. Because I've been there. Um, but you obviously told me about it before, because it's in the city where you were from, it is Rosario. It is indeed in Rosario, and it was hoisted for the first time on the 27th of February of 1812. And you've been in my hometown, and there's a whole flag memorial. Oh, it's stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. It's really nice, isn't it? Yeah, and it faces out towards the, the river, um, and it's beautifully lit at night. And Did you know that it's supposed to resemble a boat? Uh, Did I tell you that one? Mm, I think you told me, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to resemble a boat, and it, you know when they did all of these monuments in, like, in the middle, the beginning of the uh, 20th century, that every single bit had a meaning. 
it's really difficult to navigate it all because everything, every single stone, every single th- thing has a meaning. A bit um, like your face. Well, that has a <laughs> meaning. To me it does, yeah. Okay, what does this pot mean? Um, Too much grease? <laughs> Cut down on your pork. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Okay, let's go to question number five. How many times has Argentina won the football World Cup? And the options are one, two, three, four. Uh, Three. Do you want to think about it? Uh, (laughs) uh, Is it four? Okay, I'm going to put that in the wrong column. Argentina has won the World Cup twice. In 1978, played in Argentina. And in 1986, in Mexico. And again, was part of that World Cup that we discussed with Dan, the Hand of God, and a lot of other things that happened during that World Cup. What am I on now? So that's, am I on what, three out of five? Yeah, in three out of five. But just lose count at the moment, because otherwise you're going to be putting yourself under a lot of pressure. So let's just avoid that pressure. Yeah. I mean, you can probably tell by the sound of my voice, I'm already feeling a bit crestfallen. Yeah. You obviously want this very much. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so let's go to question six. And this is a question that is close to my heart, because it's about Rosario. So among its features, the city of Rosario is one of the only cities in the continent with what historical quirk your options are. It does not have an official foundation. It was founded twice. It was founded three times. <laughs> or it was founded four times. Well, knowing that it's your birthplace, I think it must have been founded four times. <laughs> what does that have to do with being my birthplace? Because <laughs> you like to be centre of attention, so if you could found yourself four times, if you could have four birthdays a year, you would. Mm, would I? Really? Yeah, well, exactly. You, could, the fact that you're like, oh, really? Would I? Oh, oh no. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate tonight. Come on. Let's celebrate. I'm afraid that is incorrect. Ugh. I'm afraid that Rosario is one of the only cities in the continent that actually doesn't have a foundation. It's a myth of how the city was founded, but it basically just became a group of settlers. And the myth says that once there was a carriage transporting an image of the Virgin, of the Virgin Mary, and they stopped for like... I was going to say fuel, but it's not fuel, like uh, supplies. <laughs> it's not like they can go to the petrol station to feed the horses. And basically then when they came back to the carriage, the virgin, the statue of the virgin was on the floor, on the ground. So what, they fallen over? No, not falling over, standing, but on the ground instead of in the car- on the carriage. Ah, oh, so it levitated a la Dua Lipa. And, and a little bit like that. So they put it back and then they continue like doing their thing and... The Virgin Mary was already down again on the floor. So it was founded. The Virgin Mary founded it. Well, what they say is that the Virgin Mary didn't want to leave. And that's why they left it there. And they put sort of like, they they put it in uh, in a church there and the city grew. But that's why there isn't an official foundation date. Because you don't know when that was. Well, it's like a spontaneous, a spontaneous occurrence. To be honest, I don't know how many cities in the world are there without foundations. Is there um, is, is that a common occurrence? No say. But I would presume that it's rare, particularly in uh, in Latin America. And um, we do have, for example, a city called Santa Fe that was founded twice, because then it was founded the first time, and then at some point it was attacked, demolished, like literally grounded, and then they rebuilt it and they founded it, founded it again with the same name. Question 7. What's the longest running daytime show in Argentinian TV? So your options are Hola Susana, Show Match, Quien Quiere Ser Millonario, or Almorzando con Mirta Legrand. Hola Susana. Hola Susana, te estamos llamando, <laughs> queremos jugar. Hola Susana, 
te estamos llamando, queremos ganar. That was the theme song from Ola Susana. Anyway, sorry, it's wrong. It's not. So what's Ola Susana then? So Ola Susana it was a like a chat show, but she also had contests, and she was like uh, famous because he's, it, it was sort of like the first TV show in Argentina to give away like a hundred thousand dollars. It was like massive prices, um, and she was quite a famous person anyway. But the one that you were looking for is Almorzando con Mirta Legrand, having lunch with Mirta Legrand. Ah, the one that's still running now. It is still running right now. It has, um, it's had had forty seven seasons or forty seven series. Blimey! From nineteen sixty eight, and they have been points where they have been like seven days a week. The format is that basically you go and have lunch with this lady, Mirta Legrand, who is about ninety three, ninety four now, and normally you have like five, six guests on the table, and it's like an interview show. Now, in the beginning, it was just about like having lunch with celebrities, but since then, she's had lunch with politicians. She's had lunch with most presidents. Oh, once she asked a, a governor, like literally on his face, the governor of the um, Buenos Aires province, what relationship did he have with drug trafficking? And she she would go there. I mean, wow. she's always been old, so she doesn't care. Wow. Yeah, so Almorzando con Mirta Legrand is an absolute institution. And, for example, during the summer, they would do it in one of the seaside resorts. So they would move the show to Mar del Plata, and they would do it there, and they would have, like, different ones. And it would, the thing is, it was all these, like, very high-class things. You would have, like, the French-made outfits, and they would bring sort of all of the food. Oh, so she doesn't do any cooking? No, she doesn't do any cooking. She just sits there. And eats. And eats, and... Interviews. And interviews people. And hides the part of her body that she couldn't have surgery on. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was really bad because she loves plastic surgery. Which is funny because you see she has a twin sister. And you would see them next to each other. And they looked like 30 years apart. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but you need to remember 80s, 90s. It was quite difficult to get, for example, like a, a, a neck lift. Uh, or hand lift. So she would use like these, like, um, oh, what do you call it? Like bashminas and all of these things to hide the parts. Oh, of like her a body. turtleneck jumper. Yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> so she could hide the part that she couldn't have surgery on. I mean, uh, she's 93, you say now. Is she still having the surgery? Uh, I think she's. I think she's 93, 94, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she probably is. And wow. she's still doing her shows. She didn't do it a lot during COVID because she was like self-isolating, being at risk and and so on. So her granddaughter was doing it instead. But yeah, definitely. She's, she's back now. It. Jab and go. And 90 something years old, she's still working every single day. Wow. Wow. It's a lesson lesson to us all. I remember um, Coronation Street, I and mean, we briefly mentioned it last week but they used to have a character on there called Betty and she was famous because she used to make the hot pots in the pub which is kind of like a, a northern casserole a hot pot uh, in the northwest of England and well into her 80s she was working admittedly not every day but she said that it gave her gave her a real focus in her life you know that she was still working and it was one of the things that kind of kept her going which I think is great the thing is, you have to keep yourself occupied. And if you can imagine, she's done 47 series of, of, of people having lunch with her. And suddenly, having lunch by yourself seems like a drag. Yeah, I mean, she literally must have had lunch with everyone in Argentina. <laughs> More or less. It's like, it's like the sugar babes. I think there's a date in like the middle of the 21st century when everybody technically in the UK will have been a member of the sugar babes. <laughs> are we all going to be members of the yeah, sugar Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a mathematical formula that was done by the Pop Justice website. It's fantastic. So maybe you'll get the call up soon to uh, to go and have lunch. I mean, I look forward to it. They look like very fancy lunches. Or maybe I'll get to do it when I get my citizenship. When you get your citizenship. And if these tests go as well, of course. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. Eighth question. This is another one, sport, but not football related. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) How many Argentinian tennis players have won at least one Grand Slam title? Okay, can you translate that into English for me? Grand Slam titles, there are four Grand Slams. 
Australian Open, Wimbledon, Roland Garros and the US Open. Roland Garros? Isn't yeah. that a, a Thor film? That's the French Open. Oh. How would you say Roland Garros? I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what a, I don't even know what a grand slam is. It it just sounds like somebody hitting the ball really hard. Well, that, I think that's kind of the thing with the name, isn't it? So your options are two, four, six, or none. Six. I mean, I appreciate the intention, but it's not six. No, oh, it's I'll four. See it. It's four. Oh, see it. But if it makes you feel any better, I know they didn't even win it six times. It was like. Seven times over. <laughs> so it was Guillermo Vilas won four in the 1970s, given never Wimbledon, never the one in the UK. Gabriela Sabatini, she was a tennis player, well, she, she's still alive, and she won the US Open in 1990. And the thing about Gabriela Sabatini, the reason why I love Gabriela Sabatini, is that she's an umph girl. An umph girl. Yeah. You know, like tennis, particularly in the 90s, when they used to have these microphones to the players. So you would have, the, the when you watch a tennis match on TV, you would just um, sort of had that little noise they make when they hit the ball. Little noises? I mean, they're like semi-orgasmic. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, ah. But the thing is, when you used to watch a, a, a match with Gabi Sabatini, you would hear the other playing going, ah, and then you would hear Gabi Sabatini going, Hur! she was like, Hur! going for the butch vibes. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was like, mm, powerful. And she won the US Open in 1990. Is she um, a friend of Sappho? What's that? She was the, um, the Greek poet from the island of Lesbos. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think she was just like really <clears throat> when she played. Okay. She was like really on when she played. And then we have Gaston Gaudio in 2004 and Juan Martin del Potro in 2009. Now, the funniest one for me is Gaudio. Gaston Gaudio is, uh, it became very famous in the early 2000s because he, was, he would be very, very vocal about how he was feeling during a match. So during matches, you can hear him screaming, like, I'm having a horrible time. <laughs> I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> you could hear him all, with all of these screams. <laughs> literally him saying in the, middle of, in the middle of Roland Garros final, saying, I'm having an awful time. I'm not enjoying this. Can you imagine people doing that at work? Like you sat in the office and somebody's like, I really don't want to do this report. I really don't like my boss. People would get fired left, right and centre. I know, I know. And that's the thing. That's one of the things that made him famous, that he would scream the thing. To be honest, he still would scream good things. I remember when he screamed to Nadal, like, oh, that was an amazing point. You're the best in the world. (laughs) And Nadal's like, yeah, thanks. (laughs) He, He was just very vocal about how he felt. Okay, your next question is, the Iguazu Falls are shared by Argentina, and what are the country? Is it Paraguay? Is it Brazil? Is it Uruguay? Or is it Bolivia? Well, I know this because I've been there. Because you've no, been I, there. I got this wrong. I remember when we talked about it originally on the podcast, I said it was Brazil and Paraguay, but it's actually just Brazil. Indeed. It's shared between Argentina and Brazil, and as we've discussed, the best side, Argentinian. Well... I've not been to that side of the falls, so I can't comment. Such a miss. Okay, let's go to the next question. What is Argentina's national sport? Ooh. Is it football? No. Is it pato? Is it polo? Or is it rugby? Well, when I was in Argentina, I found it bizarre to know that rugby is really popular in Argentina. And so is polo amongst the, the upper echelons of society, shall we say. There's lots of posh shops selling polo gear. So I know it's not football, so I'm going to go with pato. Peto? Pato. Pato. So pato is the word for duck. And then quack quack. Yeah. And you would be correct. Argentina's national sport is pato, which, as a nutshell, is basically like playing Quidditch on horses. So it's similar to polo, then? It's similar to polo, but it's like a, a, 
there's a ball with like handles. So instead of having sticks, you have a bigger ball that has handles and you can like throw it around. No. <laughs> but the thing is, there used to be a duck in the ball in like in the. Oh, really? The yeah. Why? Like, I don't know why. They used to kill a duck. Oh. I mean, sports in the 1800s. Why not? Okay, history question now. This is going to be an important one. When did Argentina gain its independence? Was it 9th of July 1816? Was it 25th of May 1810? 25th of December of year zero? Or 5th of October 1934? Well, it was definitely in the 19th century. The thing is, it's really confusing me because if I remember correctly, the process was quite long as to when Argentina became independent because you had the special council that was set up in Buenos Aires and obviously it was different provinces. So I'm going to go with 1816. 9th of July, 1816? Yeah. Well done. Yes. Well remember, that is correct. Whoop, whoop. 25th of May 1810 is actually the date of the first assembly in Buenos Aires. So you can tell that for that first declaration of revolution, it took six years to gain independence from the Spanish crown. Okay, let's go now to a fun fact. I love a fun fact. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not sure whether I define this as fun fact for you <laughs> but okay it's a little bit of less of a spice girls fun fact um excuse me what happened to the jingle we, you seem to have dropped off doing the jingle oh okay I'll, I'll i'll include it in the next question okay okay so let's go into this one first in 1967 an argentinian doctor created the coronary artery bypass surgery who was this doctor was it luis jose was it rene favaloro was it Luis Federico Leloire or Cesar Milstein? Well, there's two Louises in there. So I feel like it's going to be a Louise. So I'm going to go with the first Louise. Luis Jose? Yeah. Ah, I'm afraid that it wasn't any of the Louise. Oh, look at you with your red herrings. I know, I know. So it was indeed René Favaloro. He invented the coronary artery bypass that has since then saved so many lives. The other three actually are three Argentinian Nobel Prize laureates in chemistry and medicine. Wow. One of the elements, but not Favaloro. He didn't get a Nobel Prize for the bypass. Oh, what did he get then? Nothing. They snubbed him. Mm. Awful thing. Well, well done to those who got their Nobels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess, René, you've, ha- you've got a Nobel in our hearts. Indeed. Literally. <laughs> li- a lot of people literally. Okay. Doo-doo. Argentina quiz. Yes. Question. I lost count. <laughs> um, what's the name of the highest mountain in the American continent? which is located in the Argentine province of Mendoza. Is it Cerro Uritorco? Is it Cerro Aconcagua? Cerro Tronador? Or Cerro Mickey Mouse? (laughs) That's not a real mountain, is it? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) I just wanted to put an option there that would make it easier for you to... (laughs) Thank you. That's very appreciative. (laughs) Um, but I don't think if I was doing this for real with the Argentine government, they would be so... Cerro Mickey Mouse. <laughs> ...kind. Um, I think it's the second one, Cerro... Aconcagua. Aconcagua. Cerro Aconcagua, you would be right. Yes! It is the second highest, one of the, I think it's, uh, oh, the second highest mountain in the world, something like that? Or it's definitely the tallest mountain in the world outside of Asia. So outside of, you know, where... Everest. Everest is. Yeah. Famously, the tallest in the world. Yeah. Do-do-do. Argentina quiz. Question. um, Whatever. Tango was originally danced only among men. Is this true? Or is this false? Well, do you remember when we had our tango lesson in Buenos Aires? Mm -hmm. And it was only men between me and you. Um, oh, that was such a good night when we went to the Milalonga. Um, <laughs> Milonga, not Milalonga. This is not a Milanesa. <laughs> it's a Milonga. 
And milonga. Milonga is the traditional dance hall for doing tango. Yes. Um, and it was this, I, I guess it was a very kind of rustic, shabby chic, you know, there was papier-mâché on the walls and the, the, the building was lit by candles. And it was, it was, it was so atmospheric. And then we had this incredible teacher who came out and she was, in English we would say, she'd clearly tread the boards for a, a long time. She'd been a professional dancer, I would imagine, mm-hmm. um, and, and was absolutely stunning and, and, and her, you know, the, the, the moves that she showed us. And then, of course, she's trying to teach me and you how to do tango. But it was such a fun evening. But I remember when we went on a tour either the day after or that day around La Boca, which is where tango originated, the person who gave the tour said that originally it was between men. So it's true. It is true. It was only between men. But also at that time, it wasn't the sexy dance that it became. It only became a sexy dance afterwards because... Me and you did it. (laughs) A little bit before that. But it became. I don't think we were very sexy when we did tango. <laughs> no, probably not. I think if I remember, if I recall, you pretty much just dragged me across the dance floor because I obviously she was giving us instructions in Spanish, and I was like, "What?" I was like, okay. "You just needed to move your feet, and you didn't." Um, so I just just got drunk, mm. and um, you just threw me around to <laughs> me longer. But tango was a dance amongst men, particularly men who were, were coming in boats. It became a sexier dance because the owners of the whorehouses? Brothels. The brothels. The owners of the brothels wanted to bring people in. So they would send the prostitutes to the bars where they would be dancing. And they would sort of make the prostitutes dance with the guys and get like really flirty and get really touchy and sensual with the guys. And that's how it evolved into being this sensual dance. Wow. See, that was a fun fact. That was a... uh, fun that was a sexual fact a sexual fact a prostitution fact <laughs> and everyone loves a prostitute who doesn't love a prostitution I love fact them. <laughs> to another rosario native oh wait 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 uh, argentina quiz thank you um going back to another Ar- uh, rosario native so rosario native luciana aymar has won the most international hockey federation player of the year than any other player in the world ever. Is hockey quite big in Argentina? Female hockey is quite big in Argentina, and a national team as well has been very, very, very successful. They've won World Cups, Champions Trophies, Olympic medals. They're consistently either number one or number two in the world, mostly joined with like the Netherlands. Very, very successful. And Luciana Aymar, from Rosario, of course, was one of the most successful ones. Probably the Maradona of female hockey. Without the attitude and the drugs. Without the attitude and the drugs. How many times did she win the Player of the Year award? Was it six times? Eight times? Ten? Or twelve times? Uh, I think she won it ten times. Almost there. She won it a whopping eight Times eight times. Wow. Nobody, absolutely nobody, has won it as many times as her. Well, hence why she's the world record breaker. Yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> okay, Tra-da-da. Argentina quiz. Who was instrumental in the liberation of Argentina, of Chile, and Peru, and known as El Libertador de América? Oh. Was it José Artigas? Was it José de San Martín? Was it José de Arriz? Or José Mercedes Peralta? San Martín. Definitely San Martín. You've heard that one before? Yeah. But I've also heard of Arti- Artiguas. Artigas is Uruguayan. He w- he's um, basically the founder of Uruguayan democracy. Okay. But yeah, so José de San Martín, Argentina native in the province of Corrientes, fought and commanded the Argentinian forces against the Spanish forces, freed Argentina, and then went and helped and was instrumental in also freeing Chile and then Peru. Now, we've talked about this one as well. Oh, sorry. Do-do-do, Argentina. <laughs> in which province is the glaciar Perito Moreno? Ooh. Is it in the province of Neuquén? 
the province of Buenos Aires, the province of Santa Cruz, or the province of Rio Negro? Do you know, I've no idea, so I'm going to guess and say Rio Negro. Almost, a little bit. Rio Negro is a little bit further. The glacier is actually in the province of Santa Cruz. Never mind. Beautiful province. We'll go someday, and then you can. Whenever I ask you the question again, you can say, <laughs> "Oh, I know because I've been there," <laughs> and I can be really smug about it as well. Yeah, of course. You smug? <laughs> All right. Can we focus, please? I want yeah. to win this uh, citizenship. Do do do. Argentina quiz. Next question. Universidad de Córdoba, so Córdoba University, is the oldest Argentinian university. How many years old is it? Is it 256 years old? 408 years old? 260 years old? Or 404 years old? 404? Are you guessing? Or do you know this one? Well, I'm guessing if it's a really old university, it should be about 404 years old. Actually, it's 408. Ugh. Yes, old. Was that one of the options? Yeah. The oh. first, uh, um, the second option, yeah. Ugh. 408 years old. It's one of the oldest Can I not get half a mark? Because I'm only like four out. Mm, yeah, at this point, love, I, I love you. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference <laughs> okay. anyway. Two last questions. Okay. Next question. Messi scored over 76 goals with the Argentina national team. How many goals did Diego Maradona score with the Argentina national team? Did he score 98 goals, 70 goals, 34 goals or 12 goals? So how many did Messi score? 76. I think it's going to be right at the other end of the scale. I'm going to go with 12. You're going to go with 12? Yeah. Mm, he did score more than that. Oh, okay. But you were right in thinking that it wasn't as much. He scored 34 goals. Okay, fair play. I mean, it's 34 more goals I've scored than I've scored for my home country. So, you know, I know. pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, it's 34 more goals that probably most people in every in any country in the world have scored for their national team. Mm. Okay, so, because this is not looking great, I've put this last question, it's a little bit of a pick-me-up. Okay. Okay. In which continent is Argentina? Seriously, this is the last question. Is it in Asia? Is it in South America? Is it in North America? Or is it in Africa? Well, I think we can safely say that Argentina is in South America. Well done! Thank you. Yay! <laughs> now, I, I must admit, I went into this quite cocky because I thought you didn't get 80% when we did the Life in the UK test. And I thought, do you know what? If the shoe was on the other foot, would I get 80% in the Life in Argentina test? Yes, I probably would. I don't think I have. Can you put me out of my misery and tell me whether I'm going to be granted citizenship in two and a half years' time? I mean, you got a, let's call respectable, 50%. (sighs) Well, that still means you got 10 uh, questions right. I mean, given one of the questions was in what continent is Argentina, (laughs) but you still got 10 questions right. I suppose if it was a university degree, I'd get a, what, a 2-2? I, a pass. Is it a pass? Yeah. I think, you know, I'd be happy with that. I mean, you're not going to get that coveted Argentinian passport, though. No, 50%. I'm not. I'm not. So probably I'll just, we'll just have to get married. Mm, yeah, and live in Argentina for two and a half years. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I don't even have to do this test, do I? This is just extra. Yeah, exactly. This is just a bonus. Yeah, that's just a bonus. That's a, this is just to show how much you care and love the country that your partner is from. So when I go and see the governor, or the governor, I imagine I go and see the governor. <laughs> it reminds me of that Britney Spears song, yes, you know, you better work, bitch. <laughs> I'm the governor. Um, I go and see the governor and I say, look, can you give me my passport? Here's 20,000 pesos or whatever. I didn't have to do a, li- a life in Argentine test, but I've done one anyway. Mm. Do I get a discount? <laughs> yeah, you could get a discount. That's a good thing. So hopefully... 
you guys listening did better than me. Oh, I would be curious, you know. So please do let us know. Do get in touch with us. We are at Bareback Pod on Twitter. We are on Instagram at Bareback Podcast. We are on Facebook. Just search us Bareback. Or you can also write us a longer letter if you like. <laughs> you can write us an email. And our email address is barebackpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, probably a lot of people are listening and thinking, yeah, I could email him, but they won't do anything with it. Well, look at Tina. Look at Tina. She emailed us and she got, um, pretty much she got the starring role of the first half of the podcast. Well, there's some good stuff in there. So if you've got some good stuff, we will feature it in the podcast. Um, And thank you so much, as always, for listening. Do like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, and well, just tell anyone really, um, and get them to listen. And, And we do really appreciate it. I am now going upstairs to find that book that I bought about Argentina uh, several years ago. Uh, and I really think that I need to uh, to brush up on my skills. Start reading a little bit. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, watch your Place in the Sun. Bye! Bye. <laughs> are you really going to watch Place in the Sun? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> what else do we have to do? <laughs> Bye! Bye. <laughs>